wake up, wake up. It's the playoffs after all. Damon Bruce, Larry Kruger, great to have you here. 49ers fans, we're through it, through the regular season, and now the real fun begins. How are you, Larry? Man, I'm doing fantastic. It was a quick turnaround from last night to tonight. Had the game, had the post game, had the drive home, had the rewatch. Um, but you know what? I'm feeling good. Watch the end of Bill's uh, Dolphins. I'm ready for the playoffs, ready to break it all down. And uh, more importantly, the Niners are ready for what we're hoping is a run to the sixth Lombardi. Look, before we get to concerns, kicking concerns, uh, before we get to the facts of, of yesterday's game and sort of recap the entirety of the regular season, which, if you don't mind me saying, was pretty darn spectacular. I like I hope everyone enjoyed the ride to this point because you're at the starting point that you can only imagine to be at, you know, all you want out of a regular season is get to the playoffs, be a one seed, be as healthy as you can. And I really do think that the Niners got all of that going for them, Larry, and that trumps everything. Like whatever minor concerns you have, they're the concerns that every football team comes up with as they're preparing for a journey through a postseason. but regular season's all about positioning. And then the luck of the regular season hopefully doesn't leave you in a position where your team is so injured that you're not quite who you want to be when the real curtain goes up on that second season. And I think the 49ers are just as ready for their close-up as they have been in the entirety of the Kyle Shanahan era. Um, you know, it, it there's there's you know, you can talk about all the the personnel and the scheme and how it all fits together and who's in shape and who's out of shape. It really comes down to, you know, the one thing that we never like to address, which is there's a little bit of luck and good fortune involved in these seasons that, you know, the 49ers one year had 20 plus guys on the IR and we saw green Bay win a super bowl that way, but it's awfully hard to do. And um, your depth is tested in every season, no matter what. And the 49ers have gotten to this point, um, knock on wood, relatively healthy, and um, they're ready to roll. I mean, they've they've got the number one seed. The road to the Super Bowl comes through their house. Um, the NFC does not look like it's a vintage year for the team, the contenders in this in this uh, NFC this year. But we shall see. You know, uh, the matchups are now set. We know who's going to play who. 49ers do not know their opponent yet, but they've got the rest that they wanted. Uh, yesterday, they rested. They sat seven guys, and then um, as the anthem was playing, they sat two more, George Kittle and Dre Greenlaw. To me, that was the best move of the day because those guys are indispensable, and Shanahan realizes it and sat them down with injuries. So... I love it because you know what? Those were the two guys I worried the most about yesterday as I was driving down there. I'm like, George Kittle only knows one way to play. Dre Greenlaw only knows one way to play. It's all out. And um, and it's it's bring it on. I'm gonna be more physical than you. And they saved them from themselves yesterday. So I, I think they're in a perfect spot at this point. I don't think you could outside of you know an absolutely perfect health situation, which nobody has. Or, you know, a kicker who was absolutely trustworthy, which they clearly don't have. Uh, the 49ers are in a good spot right now and feeling good and should. They, should. they should be feeling good about their spot right now. Again, they've earned this luxury that is the bye week. 
Uh, Sunday was a little bit of a, even though it really isn't a bye week, it's as much of a bye week as you can get out of a week 18 game. The one surprise start, Larry, I really thought that Trent Williams was on that do not play list. Well, he was on the do not play for more than one series list. He got right out of there after the Niners went down and scored on yet another opening drive. And we'll address that when we get to just the facts, but let's start out with what the mission statement of this team and what this show really needs to be focused on because, you know, I've heard people, you know, call us excuse makers. We're not excuse makers. We're reasonable people trying to examine why things happen. And sometimes excusing why things happen is part of hosting a show. I think this happened because that happened. And is, does that make it right? No, it doesn't, but it's what happened. So you can deal in reality or can just deal in emotions. This is a show that deals in reality. Well, here's the reality for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. It really is Super Bowl or bust. You know, we spent this entire season not talking about the Super Bowl because I don't want to pump that you know lever. I don't want to pull on it until it's actually time to pull on it. Now is the time. And here it is. And Larry, I don't want to say it's now or never because never is a really long time. But the Niners will never be more set up to go and be successful in a postseason than they are right now. And I really do believe that the next three games for Kyle Shanahan, if he is able to coach all three games because he's won and then won again, and now you're in the Super Bowl, this is the biggest three, four weeks, month of his entire career. I really believe that. And if Kyle looks older at the end of this month than he does today, he should, because this should be the biggest amount of stress and pressure that you can find as an NFL head coach. The Niners have a mandate, and it's really not even from their fans. It's from themselves. It's time to win a Super Bowl. No doubt. No doubt. And when they got there in 2019, you know, the Miami Super Bowl, which they lost to the Chiefs, um, they, at that point, were a little bit ahead of schedule. They're not ahead of schedule any longer. Um, You know, and there's some urgency. And I've noticed it. I've talked about it all year. Uh, I was noticeable from minicamp on that there's a determination, there's a focus, there's an angst, there's an uneasiness. Um, there's not a lot of smiling going on down in Santa Clara. Um, there's a lot of, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. And that goes from every executive to every coach to every player. And, um, you know, uh, maybe even almost to an unhealthy level, but that's the level of determination they want. Um, or they have, I should say. I mean, this is a franchise that um, gauges themselves and measures themselves against Super Bowls. And, and how many Super Bowls do you win? Not, not, not how many NFC Championship games, not how many Super Bowl appearances, how many rings do you have? That simple. That's why Lynch came here and gave up a ton of family time. John Lynch had a very good life in the booth. He's making millions of dollars a year. He's got a family that he loves, uh, and yet he, you know, said, you know what? I want to get more into this competitive endeavor. I'm going to spend less time with my family and more time on this, and it's all because he wants that ring. He he got it as a player. He wants it as an executive. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, um, Jed York will be made men in their worlds if they get the Super Bowl, and there will be a massive void if they don't and every guy that's what they all have in common that's what links them together jed has got more money than he'll ever need and he's been 
you know, after the building of that stadium, he's been celebrated in the business world, but he hasn't been celebrated the way that Eddie D was celebrated. Why? Eddie brought Super Bowls. Jed has not. John hasn't brought a Super Bowl as an executive. Uh, he wants it badly. Kyle Shanahan has the label right now that Andy Reid used to wear. The best coach in the NFL <clears throat> who's never won a Super Bowl. And that that wears on you. You already said, is this Super Bowl or bust? Nobody wanted to admit that because it's a truly, um, you know, elation or devastation path. Um, and it also makes you seem like you can't enjoy the ride and that you're somehow dysfunctional. But really, if you're going to get it done and, you know, these t there's so many people in this league who strive for this at such a high level and put so much into it that I don't know that you can go through a very healthy approach to things and get it done. I think you have to be maniacal. I think you have to be singularly focused. I think you have to be driven beyond belief. And um, I think their, their, ba their balance as people has hurt them in the past. This year, they're like, you know what? Heck with all that. If we don't win, it's failure. If we do win, it's success. And there should be no ambiguity to any of it. Well, that's the thing. This isn't the 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 the, the Houston Texans, which are, you know, the, uh, there's a team playing with house money. No one expected them to be here this early. They're Detroit. young, first-year head coach. Fantastic story. If it ends right here, right now, everyone walks home happy. Uh, you know, not that the Packers are just happy with playoff appearances, but Hey, Jordan Love was a big question mark right up until about like a month and a half ago. And now he's much less of a question mark. And I think the Packers are playing with a little house money. The Lions are definitely, you know, they're not just happy to be here, but they're elated to matter again. But I don't think they're being judged nearly on the harsh scale of what we are looking at the 49ers. And again, what have you done? How did you get here? Who, who, who have you been up to this point? And the Niners, more than any other team in football, have been knocking on this door for years now. For years now. Kyle is a win away from his third straight NFC title game in fourth and five years, for goodness sakes. So if that isn't standing on the doorstep of greatness without being completely let in, I don't know what is. So this is just, this is it. This is the pressure cooker. This is the ultimate blender that you can be put in as a professional athlete because no nobody brings them to the stands quite like an NFL game and quite like the NFL's postseason. The entire world is going to be watching this, and it starts with a wild card weekend. Larry, you and I will get into the matchups. We'll do a little profile of each team and who we think they are and where they stand in the pecking order, but let's get back to why we're all here to look at what the 49ers just did in their last game. Sunday was a loss, 21-20 to the LA Rams. Thank God that that game didn't go into overtime. And judging the game, Larry, only on the flow of the game, that is exactly what both head coaches wanted. It really was. Now, it was exactly what the Niners wanted in the first half, and then they did not have a good second half. And it was the Reverse of that for the Rams, who did not have a very good first half and had a much better second half where the teams took turns dominating time of possession. The teams took turns 
showcasing a backup quarterback for the good of the backup quarterback and for the good of these coaches' reputations and for the good of the franchises being destination places. Hey, you want to send your players here. We're going to take care of them. And when it's time to put a good spotlight on them, we will do that. You know, players talk, agents talk. And I guarantee you a lot of players and agents were talking about how, you know, man, Shanahan and McVay yesterday had a couple of quarterbacks that the league is essentially in one way or another given up on and Sam Darnold and Carson Wentz. And they, they absolutely took those guys out of the bubble wrap and let them play to the extent that you can let those guys play. Um, I, I, I do think both coaches had the right approach to yesterday's game and had to have been, you know, happy with long drives and sustained drives and a semblance of their offenses being able to be seen at times. I, you know, even though the 49ers lost the game that didn't matter, I, I thought it was one of best Kyle's best opening game plans of the entire year, given the circumstances. Well, and I, you know, it's like there, how many things can you take away? Why don't we start with Darnold for a second? Um, <clears throat> I think that that Darnold was Darnold. You know, you, you you are what you are. You play the way you play. Sam Darnold, you know, we've debated this all season. People were like, well, what is Sam Darnold? People were like, well, he's got a great arm, and, man, he throws the ball well. And other people were like, you know what? He, he sucks. He's a, he doesn't complete a high enough percentage of his passes. He doesn't win games. He turns it over, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? We're all right. You know, it's like the United Way. We're all winners. Uh, we're all right. Uh, Sam Darnold did, does throw it great and does have moments where you're like, wow, look at Sam Darnold. And he had a great first half. He completed 74% of his passes with a great quarterback rating, and they and they built themselves a 20-7 to 7 lead. And then Sam Darnold, the actual Sam Darnold, um, you know, showed himself as well in the second half where he barely could complete a pass, and he finished 16 of 26. And I think that's 62% completion percentage. And then you go to his football card and you say, well, what's his career completion percentage? It's 59.7. So 59.7, put it on the Niners with their weapons and their talent. Uh, it adds to 62%. And Sam Darnold's got over 100 turnovers in, in his NFL career. And what happened at the end? He turned it over. And what happened at the end? They lost the game. And it's just like, I'm not, I'm not down on Sam Darnold or anything, but, you know, let's just stop pretending that these guys are more than what they are. They are what they are. You play the way you play. You know, Brock Purdy completes 67 to 70% of his passes and wins a lot of games. Sam Darnold completes 59 to 62% of his passes, turns it over more than he throws than he doesn't and loses games. Sometimes close games, sometimes big. That's what we saw. I mean, um, you know, I mean, uh, that's and that's what Sam is. So I thought that was interesting. And then, you know, I also thought it was interesting to see some of the young players. You know, Jordan Mason again ran for six yards a carry and only got six carries. And you get in your car and you drive home going, I wonder what Jordan Mason would look like if he got, I don't know. 15 or 20 carries would he still average six yards a carry would he still you know be a player I mean he, I thought Mason was really impressive yesterday as a receiver he caught a nice ball for 12 yards as a runner he had six carries for 36 yards along of 16 so um 
you know, there were we got a chance to see basically everything you wanted to see. You wanted to avoid serious injury for the most part. They did. You wanted to, you know, somehow get a little rhythm going. You did that. You wanted to win the game. They didn't do that. You wanted to take a look at some young players. You did do that. Um, you know, I mean, basically most of the boxes were checked for the 49ers yesterday. And you get out despite the victory. You get out healthy despite, uh, what, a little banged-up knee to Cleveland Farrell, but, Larry, you spoke with him in the locker room, and you said that there, yeah. there's not a lot of concern on your part there. No. I mean, I, I walked up to Clee, and I said, hey, man, how's the knee, and and uh, and how was the play? And he's like, it was a non-contact thing, and it just kind of, it kind of, you know, had a, had a funny feeling on it, and I kind of motioned over the sideline, and they quickly were like, come out, come out, come out. Uh, they didn't want me to walk on it, so they carted him back to the locker room. And um, I said, if that had been the Super Bowl, you know, he's like, man, they would have had to drag me out. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like, so he he would have played and continued to play. Um, it was precautionary to take him out of the game. I'm not saying that there's no injury. The injury is legitimate, but I don't think it's a torn ACL. I don't think it's a torn MCL. Uh, they'll do the MRI today, and we'll get a more – a concrete evaluation of where he's at. Um, I did talk to him about Robert Beal. He said he was very impressed by the young defensive end. And he said, hey, you know what? Robert Beal may have to step up for a week or two. So it sounds to me like it's not a career ender, but it's, it, it, you know, there's a chance he doesn't go in that first first uh, divisional round playoff game. And they'll play it from there. But we'll we'll have to see what the MRI says. Because, you know, sometimes guys feel one way, but the MRI indicates something else. But yeah, based on our dialogue, I would say Clee felt like he could have stayed in the game. That's good. Well, that, that means his season's not over then, because you don't you don't give off that vibe. Like I could have kept playing if you have some real structural damage to your knee, and a player knows right away when that happens. So, uh, good news on that front. And you know, Larry, you're right about Sam Darnold. Kind of is who he was advertised to be. Moments of this looks really good other moments of, okay, now I know why you're a backup quarterback, and that might be the path for you going forward. I don't know if the NFL is just going to throw open its doors and say, here's our bridge quarterback. We're going to bring in Sam Darnold to get us to our next search for a franchise guy, or maybe he does fit that bill somewhere. But I thought that Carson Wentz was really the surprise of the afternoon because Carson Wentz has been a long forgotten about easily discredited nobody believes in him anymore level of quarterback after for a minute there looking like he was going to lead the Eagles into their you know their their era of greatness you know I mean he really burst onto the scene looked like an MVP candidate I don't think this guy's ever lost to the 49ers or no no yeah no one calculated that when we were thinking about this game because nobody even thought Carson Wentz was on the Rams until you look oh yeah they signed him like a month ago so here he is and he kind of looked like Carson Wentz at times. Big arm, can absolutely throw a dart, a laser, tight window throws. Uh, he can also have balls get away from him. He was the leading rusher, not just for the Rams, but in the game, he carried the ball 17 times for 56 yards. And I think on a number of those, Larry, he's just calling his own number thinking, I'm a big guy. I'm going to go ahead. I'm just going to pick up this first down. I don't give a shit. I got nothing to lose. I'm playing. I'm, I'm playing backyard football today. And it was good enough to get the Rams into the win column. 
I love this kid. I don't know. I don't know what the heck's going on with his career, but um, I've always liked him. Um, as I said, he's four zero against the 49ers. He's played. He started now. This is it was his ninety third uh, NFL start. Um, he's beat him in Philly twice. He beat him in Indy during the atmospheric river game, if you remember that. And then he beat him yesterday. And to me, the surprise of the day was how often and how well he ran. He's not that great of a runner, but he picked his spots. He played with urgency. It's funny. We asked Shanahan about him. Um, I remember going into that Indianapolis game and Shanahan was clearly a fan and, um, you know, Wentz, Wentz, I think is, is a, is, is a decent NFL quarterback. I mean, I, I have a little bit more, um, belief as you can tell in Wentz than I do in Darnold. Um, though in a lot of ways, they're very similar. Um, you know, Wentz is six, five, two thirty, throws the ball. Well, moves pretty well. Darnold is the same. Uh, Wentz was the second pick in the draft in, in the 2016 draft behind Jared Goff and as you said had this mercurial you know start to his career and now it's like he's been left for dead but um he's not bad he's not bad and as far as backups go that's a great backup quarterback I mean uh, let's be honest I mean how many teams in the league have a better backup quarterback than Carson Wentz right no, not many. That's for sure. Um, you know, Joe Flacco and Carson Wentz should absolutely go out for a drink together when the year is over, right? I mean, like two guys that the NFL basically decided, you know, even though they had degrees of success, we're moving on. We're just not interested anymore. We'd rather see what other guys have than what these guys have left. And Joe Flacco is absolutely sitting in position to where, yeah, the Cleveland Browns could be one and done, or they could go win the Super Bowl. Who the hell knows? And Carson Wentz, I think, certainly, you know, reappeared as an NFL entity yesterday. And I don't think that he's going to have that, you know, sad picture from this offseason where he's wearing a combination of all of his old different uniforms, basically saying, hey, come, somebody come get me. I'm available. I've got all this gear. I got Eagles gear. I got I got I got Indianapolis gear. I got I got commander's gear uh somebody come and 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 love me again i i think he will get some interest based on the way that he played um and yeah should should something happen to stafford they got a decent backup quarterback and look for a minute there should something happen to brock purdy i mean let's be totally honest all hope would feel like it would go out of the balloon in that moment alone but darnold he did complete his first six passes yesterday larry and when he was you know on on the good foot at times, it looked pretty good. I thought that that was an impressive opening drive. He hit Ayuk on a tight throw on like a three-quarter arm arm angle. Uh, he showed off his legs on a couple of runs. Shanahan called three QB keepers on the same drive. Uh, he didn't get the first down on the first two, but it looked like he moved the pile a little bit. He's a big guy on third and four near the gold line. He did a really good job of escaping the pocket with a spinaway move. He avoided a sack uh, that... Uh, that play got, you know, rendered didn't matter because there was defensive holding in the end zone. Uh, Guy Haberman, Guy Haberman even shared a video where he thinks that Darnold uncorked a no look pass in the game. The pass that went to uh, to Mason uh, was that a was that a, a a Patrick Mahomes no looker from from Sam Darnold. I, I think Guy Haberman has provided some video evidence of a no look pass out of Sam Darnold. He threw that dart to Ronnie Bell in the end zone. So good moments. And then again, the backbreaking can't do that in the biggest drive of the game moment where he fumbles the ball away because he loses it. 
on a helmet behind him. I mean, it was a little bit of a freak fumble, but freak fumbles have defined him as an NFL starter and as a quarterback. So you do, you were right. You, you, we, we got kind of what we thought we would get. It'll be great to see Brock Purdy take back over a week from now when the playoffs start for real, Larry, let's get to the, you know, the gorilla in the room that is Jake Moody's misses. It feels like they're, you know, at, at Niners fans, they love something to panic about. And he has certainly given them something to be concerned and panicked about, but I don't think it's as big of a panic button as being pushed by the Niners and Niners fans. I, I think he's a good kicker who had a bad day. I think he's a good kicker. I think he's got stats and data that back up the fact that he's a good kicker. But unfortunately, this good kicker is definitely at the epicenter of two regular season losses where had he hit his kicks, you're not losing those games. He blew the game in Cleveland, and yesterday in a one-point game, he left four points on the field. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that Jake Moody is a bust, as some people were saying, but he's a liability and he's a point of concern and he's unproven until he proves himself in the playoffs. He was a good college kicker. Um, you know, he was his nickname was Money. Uh, I've talked to him. He's a solid kid. He's not like some he's not squirrely and running around and, you know, he, he's he's solid. But um, let's not mistake this for, I mean, anybody who says that with, with you know, definitive, you know, this guy is good. I, what he's, what's that based on? He's 27th. The Niners are 27th in the NFL in field goal attempts. They're not using him. You know, if you think he's good, it's just because you think, well, they just don't want, they, they, they haven't gotten burned a lot. They haven't gotten burned a lot because of Brock Purdy. Brock Pur if this were Jimmy Garoppolo quarterbacking this team, they would have missed out on many key third down passes. They would have leaned on their kicker much more, and we would know more definitively about Jake Moody. The real thing that we were robbed of yesterday, which would have made the day complete, would have been if Darnold could have made two or three more first downs, and we could have saw if Jake Moody had the mental, um, you know, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, the the the, the uh, ability to bounce back, you know, how, um, you know, if he could have shown that he would bounce back in that situation. and make about bounce back ability, Larry. Bounce back ability is the technical. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's another word for it, but that's early in the morning. Um, you know, I'm just saying he he we would have gotten a chance to see in the middle of a bad game where he missed a PAT, missed a 38 yard field goal, which. In the NFL, nobody misses a 38-yard field goal. Nobody misses a 41-yard field goal. Guys stripe 55-yard field goals down the middle like it's like it's having a cup of coffee. I mean, it's it's nothing to find a kicker. Brandon Aubrey hasn't missed a kick all year for Dallas. Um, I'll, I'll say a couple things on this. We don't know what he is. I would have liked to seen if he had the ability to bounce back in that situation. You know, it's just like it's just kind of like how what, how do you look at life? You know, are you optimistic by nature? If you're optimistic by nature, you're going to be like, you know what? Jake Moody's fine. He'll be fine. If you're pessimistic by nature or worried by nature, you're like, hey, get him the hell out of there. Call Robbie Gold. By the um, way, let's just can can we, can more we about us right than here? about him. Can we cut this off right here? Robbie Gold's retired. There is no calling Robbie Gold. 
There's no, 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 I disagree. Robbie Gold is retired as of like three weeks ago, and he's sitting on his couch, and he's never missed in the playoffs, and he's a phone call away if you want him. That's reality. What if Jake Moody walked out of his out of his house today and got into a car accident? What would they do? They would call Robbie Gold, whether he's retired or not. So it's all about we're not really talking about, well, they can't go to Robbie. No, no, they absolutely can go to Robbie. It's just a matter of feelings. And how do they want to play their hand of cards? Now, Shanahan was asked about it in the post game, and he said, no, 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 we're we're happy with Robbie's made a lot of kicks. Yeah, so it doesn't sound like doesn't sound like they're going down that road, Damon. But you know, and I know, you know, Shanahan's reaction to the question about him missing. He's like, yeah, well, you know, that's the job, man. You got to kind of make the kicks. And he missed the two kicks. And guess what happens? They're going to go with him in the playoff game. But if in the playoff game, um, he misses a couple more kicks, they're not going to be going with him, are they? That's my feeling. I mean, it, look at it this way. Do you know that Robbie Gold is waiting for that phone to ring? Has anybody rang Robbie Gold's phone? He hasn't been on an NFL roster. I don't know the last time he's been. Tried out, out in November for the Giants with four veteran Google. kickers and and didn't make it or didn't wasn't. I think they went with Graham Gano or whoever they went with, but he did try out for the New York Giants in November. He has a niche. He has retired, um, and he is you know a guy who kicked eighteen years in the league. So, yeah, if you go to Robbie Gold, you better be damn sure that he can do the job. But all I'm saying is, you know, the 49ers are a no excuses, this is it, got to have it kind of a team this year. If they wind up, you know, two weeks from now in a playoff game and they somehow see again that, that Jake Moody can't handle it and they somehow find a way to win anyway, I think we're going to be having this conversation again. Maybe, but I mean, if, if we're talking about, you know, rest versus rust or anything like that, how much rust does Robbie Gold have on him? You know, there's yeah. a reason why they didn't have Robbie uh, attempt a lot of 50 yard field goals is because he can't make them. I mean, he doesn't have the leg anymore. So you're giving up an awful lot of distance to bring in a guy who, yeah, has never missed a field goal. Again, never missed. A, Kyle's never won a big game until he does. Robbie's never missed a field goal in the postseason until he does. And but you know the way this works, Damon. You get into the playoffs against a Ravens or one of these teams that has a good defense, and suddenly you don't just score touchdowns in the red zone. You get to first and goal from the five, and there's a negative play, and now you're looking at fourth and goal from the 18. Well, what do you do on fourth and goal from the 18? You got to kick the field goal, and you got to make the field goal, or you're going to wind up losing the game. Right. And and that's their that's the spot they could be in. If they don't have him on a private plane being flown to Santa Clara today, I just don't think it's going to happen. I really don't. I think like that ship has sailed. And I, I, I think you're probably think, right. I also think that this team doesn't want to walk up to a third round draft pick and annihilate his confidence a week before the playoffs start. You know who's never also uh you know, I say what you want, um Jake Moody's never missed a postseason field goal. <laughs> you know, there you go. Yeah, but Damon, here's the thing. And, you know, here's 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 the uh, the soft side of the Niner fan base. I saw people yesterday on Twitter saying this. Well, you know, it was a cold day. It's California for crying out loud. It was a little windy. Did you see the Patriot game yesterday? Right. This is the weather in January. 
Now, the road to the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl's in a dome, and the road to the Super Bowl comes through Levi's. So there'll be no Green Bay this year. There'll be no snow games and that kind of thing. But this is January weather. You know, if you can't make a kick with no pressure in a Week 18 game, you can't make a PAT with no pressure in a January game that there's no pressure at home, how are you going to do from 48 with the season on the line? I mean, that's really the question. I mean, there was no pressure yesterday, and he missed both a PAT and a gimme field goal. All right. He's cost them two games. And, Damon, you can make an argument. The 49ers lost two games this year because Jake Moody could not make totally makeable kicks. Not not long kicks, makeable kicks. That's not revisionist history. That happened. I agree with you. You'd also have to agree with this. Up until that point after touchdown that he missed yesterday, he had set the NFL record before they had even moved the point after touchdown back for consecutive point after touchdowns made in a rookie season. He had hit, what, 60 in a row or whatever the number was. And he hadn't missed a field goal since October 23rd against the Minnesota Vikings until yesterday. I mean, I'll I'll say this. I think there's some recency bias that is attached to this overwhelming concern that is, oh, no, we got the wrong guy. This is going to sound crazy. Roll along with me. Had he hit the field goal, had he not pushed it right, there's not a single discussion of Robbie Gold needs to be added to this football team right now. Of course. Of course. But if my mother had, you know what, she would be my father. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. I mean, it's like we can play that game forever. Right. But I I understand where you're, you know, we're having the same conversation that everybody's having. You know, this conversation, you know, you and I have had a lot of high level conversations, but this isn't one of them. We're, (laughs) you know what I mean? You know, um, this is the same conversation that is being had everywhere. The bottom line is you can make your points. I can make mine. When the conversation's done and we're done flapping our gums, the, the the reality is the same. It's a concern. Yes. And and with the 49ers, because of how good they are in every phase, it's a primary concern. That's all. Yeah. No, I think the three glaring that could haunt you is guard-to-guard protection, the kicker, and the return game. Those are the three incompletes. Now, hopefully... Uh, the offensive line answers the bell and plays better, and that takes care of that. Hopefully, uh, we see Brandon Ayuk and Debo installed on a, a special teams to a point where we're not worried about Ray Ray or Ronnie Bell making a mistake, and, and that takes care of that. There's no real way to take care of the kicker unless you make a change, which I just do not see the 49ers. It's not in their DNA. It's not in, it's not in most football teams DNA to do that at the end of the year, to add someone now as a full-time replacement for a kid you drafted and has had statistically a pretty good year for a rookie kicker. I just, I don't think, I I, I think it's a sports talk radio segment more than it's a transaction. The 49ers are going to make. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. Um, and true blue, by the way, Jesse says 600 plus people, more like 900 plus people, only 139 likes. 
If you're one of the almost uh, 900 plus people in the room, uh, hit like, hit like, and and boost the stream, and and hopefully we can we can take this over a thousand this morning. Larry, so, they're do- just they're just looking at it at your your page over here. We're at uh, almost 200, so you put it together. We've got over a thousand people watching right now, and we appreciate everyone. And again, welcome to Niners Wake Up. It's great to have you here. Please hit like, subscribe. Memberships available to both channels, and Larry and I are going to be uh, walking hand in hand, hopefully with you through the Super Bowl. Uh, you're going to get more wake up as we get deeper and deeper into the postseason. This could go to uh, not just Mondays and Fridays, but maybe Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. And if the 49ers are truly in the Super Bowl, this could become a seven-day-of-the-week type of show because you know the world's leaning forward watching the Niners, and I do believe the world is discovering, hey, this – this wake-up show is is maybe the best show out there about the Niners. So we thank you very much for the support, and it's great to have you. And we'll let you know, um, not only are memberships available, if you really want to come in, a sponsorship is available. And we are still looking for a title sponsor, and uh, maybe that could be you, your company, We're, no matter what your business is. Um, if it aligns with us, we have a price point that could possibly align with you and give you more exposure than any other show or, or certainly any radio station in this market can do um, for what we'd be asking. So think about that. Larry, I know you and I have been talking about, you know, we, we, we want to add a sponsor. It's a little late in the year to do it. But again, the, the, four, the, the massive audience is about to lean in more than ever. No doubt. I mean, you know, the whole the whole uh, football world is tilting on uh, on the Niners and the Ravens right now as the number one seeds. And and uh, there's going to be an awful lot of people talking football between now and a month from now. That's for sure. Uh, And of course, the Niners are never dull into the offseason. They'll be armed with this year with a first round draft choice. And there'll be a lot of things to talk about. Hopefully a Super Bowl championship to talk about. Um, so, you know, there's a lot to, there'll be a lot of traction and a lot of meat on the bone, and we'll probably continue this show, uh, into the off season as well. True blue forever. Eva says, uh, Moody nailed 84% of his kicks this year. Gold was a career 86.5% kicker. No, I get it. I understand. Um, here now, rich Alexander says that you're wrong. Let's not focus on that. I don't know what Damon's necessarily wrong about. I would disagree with that. But he says, I've been concerned all year about Moody. He has never made a pressure kick. And I would say I would kind of if I had to agree with somebody, I might agree with Rich there. Um, Can you think of the most pressure filled kick of the year for Moody? He missed in Cleveland. He missed the biggest one in Cleveland. And yes, was there a pressure kick all year? I yeah. mean, they're all pressure on some level, right? But I mean, was there a kick that you're like, man, they got to have this one and he made it? I no, it doesn't stand out as a it's now or never field goal. Gots to have it field goal. And he does it. The biggest kick of the year, that Cleveland game, the straight up game winner. He missed it. There's no doubt. He missed that kick. 41 yards out too. wasn't a 50 yarder. Yeah. And dude, he it's he pushes things it's right it drifts right he's got a little you know that's not a hook what is that a slice is he pushes things to the right i feel like uh you ever bring a little kid bowling and you see that their ball just it drifts right right you know like can he maybe can that's he, the solution maybe we should ask kyle 
Should I ask him on Wednesday? Kyle, is there any chance for Jake's field goals that we could do bumpers? Well, that or like a funnel, like a funnel. Could we move them over two planks? Could we just move them over two planks? If everything's going right, let's just start a little bit more to the left and we'll get more back down. Them. I don't know. Maybe it's like a natural motion on his kick. I, I don't know, but he's not bad. Here's the thing. He's not a disaster. He's not a bust. He's not, oh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers drafted this kicker in what round? And look at who he is. And now he's out of the league immediately. You know, he's not one of those. Right. No, I know. He's not one of those. I've talked to him a couple times. He's solid, man. He's a solid guy. He's not squirrely. He's not nervous. He's not looking over his shoulder. He's relaxed. He's calm. But he is a rookie. And this is an awful lot riding on a rookie. And maybe this is not even a Jake Moody conversation as more as Dusty Gold's point here, Damon. He says special teams overall is a concern. Especially if you get into a game with the Baltimore Ravens again. The Baltimore Ravens, you know, are maybe the best special teams team in the league. Um, you know, that's that's John Harbaugh's background and coaches personalities really do funnel through a locker room through strategy. And, and, and I think there are a ton of examples of that, by the way, in the NFL's postseason when we get to looking at it all, but look, yeah. I mean, what, what can we say about Jake Moody? That isn't as simple as this. Don't miss any more of your kicks, kid. That's it. Jake Moody. You will never be talked about as a guy who doesn't make his big kicks. If you just make your kicks going forward, that's it. You know, he, he, he's the guy who might miss the field goal until he doesn't. And then he's the guy who didn't miss the field goals. I will say this, you know, enough of this drafting kickers on day two of the draft. You know, let somebody else be the the person who does the team that does that. I mean, you know, it just it the history shows that you can find kickers after the draft. You can find them in the seventh round. No more drafting kickers high. Right. I mean, Even come on. Sebastian Janikowski. You should have probably gotten another corner. And uh, look at all. Sebastian Janikowski was a capital G great kicker. He kicked for years and years and years. Didn't affect the Raiders' ability to compete or win games almost at all. It really didn't. You know, I mean, that's the thing. The team was so incomplete, but they had a great kicker. So what? You know, it 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 should be for for a directly affecting the scoreboard position on the team. It's one of the least important positions on the team or most replaceable or most guys standing in the line who can probably get the job done. But if at the same time, if it were all that easy, we wouldn't be talking about Jake Moody. Um, look, it is somebody said, pick up Morton Anderson. It, look, it is unfortunate that Robbie decided he was kind of done. with the Niners when they were still in their Super Bowl window here, but that's, that's the way that that cookie. Crumbled. Well, wait a second. It's going back. Was he done with them or was he they done with him? Um, that's a fair question. But I you know for a fact, Larry, he never loved being a 49er the way that you love covering the Niners. Like it's just I interviewed him late ball. last year and he said he loved being a 49er. Told me that he is uh, never enjoyed his time more. Um, but he did he does live in Chicago. He right. does have three boys. Yeah. Um <laughs> You know, he was living out of a hotel here. Yeah, if you're renting hotel rooms, that's all we need to know about how much you really love it. I mean, come on. 
Well, but I mean, you know, I mean, it's like buying a home in Northern California is a major move, major commitment. Right, You're not putting down multi, roots. Multi-millionaire. He's a multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-multi-millionaire. He could have done yeah. anything he well, wanted. Well, but I'm not he didn't, it wasn't like he was uh, staying at a friend's house with a duffel bag. I mean, he had a place here. I mean, it wasn't like he wasn't committed. I mean, he loved it. He, he, he said Shanahan was the reason he came. He loved the atmosphere. I mean, I had a great, you, people can go check him, check it out. I, I did the interview on YouTube. Uh, it lives forever on my page. You can go watch the interview I did with Robbie gold last year. I'm going to go watch your Robbie gold interview. from the <laughs> It sounds good. Good to he's me. A sol- he was a, he's a solid guy who loved being here. I don't know that, that I think to me, Damon, if you said, why was Robbie not here? Cause they signed Javon Hargrave to a big money deal. And they needed to find cap room to compensate for the money they were paying uh, Hargrave and Robbie. It was much easier to go with a rookie kicker on a rookie deal than pay Robbie the five million that he wanted. Simple as that. Sure. sure. But then when it's revealed that you now got like $35, $40 million worth of cap maneuvering space because of other moves that were made in subsequent transactions, they didn't circle back to Robbie and say, hey, come home. They didn't. They didn't. I don't know if Robbie picked up his phone and said, will you bring me home? Yeah, but, uh, you know, here's the question. Um, and if you just the Niners are 27th in the NFL. They're 27th in the NFL in field goal attempts. Well, do we know that Jake Moody's the guy or did Brock Purdy was he so good in the red zone that we basically were fine with Jake Moody because Jake really didn't lose that many games this year. Why? Because Jake really wasn't dependent on. It reminds me an awful lot of Doug Bryan, the last rookie kicker the Niners had when they won the Super Bowl. And they did have a rookie kicker in the 94 season, but they were so damn good that they really didn't worry about Doug Bryan and they might be so damn good this year that they don't need to worry about Robbie gold. Do you I'm think just, I'm just saying that I worry about Jake Moody. I'm just saying that, you know what, man, if they, if this season goes up in flames uh, after everything and all the man hours and all the dedication, because they decided to go with a rookie kicker and the guy who they had, who's sitting on the couch who's 39 for 39 in the postseason on PATs, 29 for 29 in the postseason on field goals, and they just opted not to pick him up because, I don't know, feelings, they're going to open themselves up to criticism if they fall short because of the kicker. Can we agree on that? Of course. Well, it's it's, it's an easy thing to criticize because everyone can see. Make good, miss bad. There's nothing right. to interpret, you know? Right. I mean, There's no ambiguity. Right. It's like you either he's you either do or you don't. And yesterday he didn't, and that's why we're talking about this. I don't think that he has been a because the offense was so successful, a massive problem has been hidden in plain sight this whole time. I don't think that's who he is. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong about things in sports before. I hope I'm well, you're not an optimist. You're well, an optimist, but I'm not. You know that I'm not some pie in the sky. Well, no, no, I'm not saying you're a pie in the sky, but I'm just saying you're taking the optimistic approach. There's another person that could say, Hey, look, they're 27th in the league in field goal attempts. This guy is totally unproven. They've asked him in a couple games to, to be the difference, and he's fallen short. And now they're getting ready for a gotta-have-it postseason run, and there is an alternative that they know, and he's sitting at home a phone call away. And if Robbie Gold were 
God forbid, in some kind of accident and he couldn't kick, they would call that guy. They mean, so, if Moody were in an accident, they'd call Robbie Gold. Yeah, I mean, if Moody were in an accident, I keep confusing my kickers. But if Moody were in an accident, they would call Robbie Gold. Um, all I'm saying is we can talk about it's outrageous to discuss it, but in reality, we're like two kicks away from that. If he and, misses two kicks in the first playoff game and the Niners get by, do they stay with him? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's but, what I'm saying. Yeah, but it, it, but again, it's it's I mean, it's razor thin margins here. I just can't see the Niners operating like that. It just isn't who they are as a team. It's not how they roster build. It's not what Lynch has done. What Shanahan has done. It's not what Jed York has done. It's just, it's just not who they are to say. All right. We're the one seed with the best record in the conference. And right before the playoffs start, let's completely fish gut one of our draft picks, ruin his confidence, and and the opinion of the entire leagues in this kid to add Robbie Gold, who hasn't made a kick all year. I love Glass City. Larry, how naive can you be? Jesus, people lie. What me? So Robbie Gold lied to me when he said he enjoyed himself here in the Bay Area, and then he lied to me when he said that he he had a great time here in San Francisco. I mean, come on. I was standing there. I know the guy. I've talked to the guy. I know when someone's lying to me. Robbie Gold was being sincere. Um, he he was sincere. There was no reason to lie. There was no. I mean, there was no pressure to lie. There was nothing. I mean, he's he could he could have said anything he wanted to say. Um, well, look, it, what no, I I'm not know. What I do know is what Jake Moody has really cost us is valuable time spent talking about the playoffs because this kicker story is going to just linger right up into the moment it doesn't or it absolutely comes to a head as a full-on playoff disaster of the first degree, and it is the biggest mistake that this team made. And, yeah, Robbie Gold is the reason why the 49ers didn't win a Super Bowl. Oh, my God. Let's If it comes down to that, if that's the way that this ends – Holy shit, Larry. That's, that would not be good. That would not be good for anyone involved. Not be good for anybody involved at all. Uh, are you ready for some just the facts? Because yes, yes, I am. Here we are. So one of the reasons why you didn't see Jake Moody kick many field goals, certainly in opening drives, is because of how efficient the Niners were on opening drives. The 49ers scored 491 points. In the 2023 regular season, it's the second most points scored in team history. The 1994 team scored 505. So one of the reasons you weren't seeing an awful lot of those kicks is because this offense really got its job done. And that's what you're looking for. You don't want a whole bunch of field goals. You want bigger scores than that. And the Niners certainly provided for them, scoring 10 times in 17 games, 10 touchdowns on the opening drive. That is preparation, that's focus, that's coming out with the right, you know, the, the right opening drive script. Uh, Kyle Shanahan is very, very good at this. And I'm going to tell you, looking to see in all upcoming playoff games, did the 49ers score on their opening drive? Larry, I don't know if they're going to lose a game that they do that in. They, they do that, they usually win. They really do. So uh, that's a big indicator right away. In any game you see going forward, did the Niners score on their opening drive? Was it a touchdown? If you check both boxes as yes, you're off to a really good afternoon.
Yeah, I mean, um, they get off to good starts. They had a great. I, I agree with you. They had a great game plan yesterday. I think it was a twelve play or eleven play drive. It was like seven seven uh, runs, so they came out in a run heavy uh, deal. But Darnold made some nice passes, and they jumped on the board early, and they looked sharp early. So um, they got things going the way they wanted to get them going, and then of course they they wound up losing, but because they got shut out in the second half. Um, and, and really couldn't do anything. I mean, the second half offensively, I was told they lost the game because of their kicker. <laughs> that was part of it. That oh. was part of it. That was part of the reason they didn't score in the second half. So, uh, 6,773 yards, the second most gained by the Niners in any one season scored, uh, or excuse me, moved the ball 6,800 yards right on the dot in 1998. Again, 10 opening drive touchdowns in 17 games. The 76 points altogether on opening drives led the NFL this season. The next game, Larry, just the facts. The next game that Kyle Shanahan coaches will already be his 10th playoff game with the 49ers. And should he win it, he'll be seven and three in his first 10 playoff games. And if you're winning playoff games at a 70% clip, folks, you're a pretty goddamn good head coach. You know, there's the, the, you know, the, the people that were Brock Purdy wasn't good enough. Um, when Brock Purdy shut them up, um, and said, I am plenty good enough. They pivoted to Shanahan, Shanahan, Shanahan. Yeah. You know, and tell me who you'd rather have. I'd love to hear. I'm all ears. Who do you got? Well, again, the, guy, the guys one and one and one and um, has a great playoff record. Um, you know, his offense produces points. They've been now in three of the last four NFC championship games. Uh, I mean, they have, he hasn't climbed to the top of the mountain, but those same people that are saying Shanahan, Shanahan, were saying the same thing about Andy Reid. And I think Eagle fans right now would trade Sirianni for Andy Reid in a heartbeat. Yeah. Mickelson. He can't win it. Oh, never right. mind. He he's won several majors uh, when when it's all said and done. Um, there is always that guy who is the best to have yet to done it. Look, w- what I'm basically saying is, if you need to see the mountain climber at the very top of the mountain before you can even admit this guy's pretty good at climbing mountains, you know you don't know as much about mountain climbing as you think about. Um, this this guy knows what he's doing. Kyle Shanahan is a very, very good coach. And again, if you are going to give Brock Purdy nothing but demerits, how can you in the same breath be saying, and Kyle's a bad coach? That doesn't line up. Because if the guy isn't a very good player, that must be some incredible coaching and scheme and system that is coming in. So you can't have it both ways. You You want to denigrate one? You got to kind of prop up the other in the same sentence. You can't say neither one of these guys knows what they're doing as they're sitting at home waiting for the lowest seed to advance because they're the one seed. They know what they're doing. Let's see if they can get it done in the postseason. Kyle has never failed to win at least two playoff games in any of his postseasons as head coach of the Niners. He's already got six postseason wins as the head coach of the Niners. And like you said, he is looking to reach the NFC title game for the third straight season in a row and for four times in five years. So they've been knocking on the door. That's why the pressure to win could not be any greater than it is right now because in all of the door knocks, 
I don't think they've ever shown up on the front porch this good, this well-prepared, this experienced, and most importantly, this healthy. It's not, it's, it's not now or never, but boy, it really is now. It's now. The Niners need to win the Super Bowl now. The yeah. next three games are the biggest three games of Kyle's life. And he knows it. I mean, I don't know if you saw his interview, Damon, that he did with Papa last week. But, I mean, he's very focused. He's very focused. Um, you know, the bye week, you know, is not going to be an off week for the 49ers. The bye week is going to be a work week for the 49ers. John Lynch said, hey, Kirby Smart uh, calls uh, the bye weeks work weeks. And, you know, it's like they're going to they're going to grind. They're going to work. Um, it's not, you know, this whole idea. Well, Brock Purdy is going to be sitting. No, Brock Purdy's not going to be sitting on the couch. Brock Purdy took all the first team reps um, through not all split the first team reps this week with Sam Darnold and then showed up to the game yesterday, you know, an hour and a half early and did all kinds of workouts before the game. He's not they're not taking their foot as a coaching staff or as players off the gas pedal, they understand this is their window and they're not going to, you know, they're not, they're not coasting or looking for uh, easy way outs. They're going to grind their way through this thing. <laughs> Nicotina bringing Kruger to kick. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and apparently hit threes in the locker room, right? If that's what, uh, that's 40, what you've done too. 420 Savage says, what the F is on Larry's nose? LMAO. Larry did a deep, uh, you know, deal on the, on the, uh, on the, on the treadmill this week and just ran and ran and ran and wound up with a blemish on the end of my nose from too much, whatever oil, did I you, guess. Did you fall or is that just, you got a pimple? No, it's a pimple basically on the tip of my nose. Rudolph, the red nose Kruger. There you go. Just 420 Savage. Damn you 420 Savage. You are truly savage. It's all right. Looks okay. It'll be gone by the time the Super Bowl comes around. You do look like you know you, you look like you got a little booze nose, like you've been know, eating booze early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> just just the facts, folks. It's only a pimple. Calm down. It's only yes. a pimple. Uh, pimples happen. Simply, uh, it's a flesh wound. Uh, just a flesh wound. Uh, not much to give you from a just the facts defensively, other than. The season has come and gone, and one of the more impressive streaks remains alive for this defense the entire season. Not a single individual running back went 100 yards against the 49ers defense. This is 44 consecutive games without allowing a 100-yard individual rusher. I think that is a feather in the cap of this defense. Um, and if you don't mind me saying, I want to bring that up to go to the nearly incredible first down that the Rams almost picked up yesterday. It was on fourth down and it looked like Carson Wentz had gotten a, a just shoveling the ball as he is being sacked um, a ball away to his, his running back who then took it around the side for, it looked like a first down, but then review showed that Wentz was down. His butt cheek was on the, was on the ground as was he still had the ball in his hand. Did you see, Larry, you're at the game. I don't know how much you saw of it. On, on TV, when they showed the replay, Steve Wilkes lost his freaking mind on that play. He was throwing his play sheet. He was pissed off. I don't know if Steve Wilkes coming out of the press box 
has done anything other than really give us that moment because Steve Wilkes would have thrown those papers Here in the press box. Oh, you got it. Here it Here. is. Watch Steve Wilkes go nuts. Wait, damn it. Look at that. He pushed this guy in front of him. So he's mad. He's mad. Oh, look at it. I mean, oh, he's oh, oh, oh and that guy gets pushed a little bit. What did that guy do? <laughs> Steve Wilkes is just I like Steve Wilkes with the Jordans. Look at that. The angry flex. At Steve, the end of it, too. Steve Wilkes is one of my favorites, man. Um, oh, oh look, at, look at the intensity. Who wouldn't want that man on the sideline? <laughs> that was great. Get that guy a helmet. Yeah, Good that was He's great. ready to go out and play. That was fantastic. Yeah. Oh, Steve Wilkes was fired up. That's what I'm saying, man. These guys want it. They absolutely want it. Butthead says, I love Steve Wilkes showing his emotions. Yeah, I mean, that's the question. Can he kick? (laughs) And the Niners are going to Steve Wilkes. We have an internal option. It's Steve Wilkes. Uh, One last just the fact. Again, so many of the guys who we have just the facts about are playing these prolific seasons and setting team records or group of guys together records in terms of their production. Um, Everyone was counting. Puka Nakua yards and catches, and he did end up as the uh, he, look. Puka Nakua just had one of the single greatest seasons in the history of rookie football. What a what a year for that rookie! I mean, he's an unbelievably talented wide receiver. The fact that they've got him, Cooper Cup, and Tutu Atwell means look, they're they're a, that's a dangerous football team. It might be a uh, they're going to beat um, Detroit. Yeah, we'll talk about that. And they're going to beat Detroit because I mean, you got Cooper Cup. I mean, think about the Rams. The Rams offensively, Stafford, Kyron Williams, Cooper Cup. They're a handful. Puka Nakua, the tight end yesterday, if you noticed him out there. Davis Allen, the rookie from Clemson, he made some nice catches. Um, Tutu Atwell's a burner. He stretches the field. They've got, I mean, they're going to score 30 on most defenses, and... Uh, if you can't score 30, you're going to be hard pressed to beat them. They've got their defense is nothing right now, but man, their offense is, um, scary. We'll get there. We're not, we're not previewing yet. We'll, we'll get there. I want to share one guy that we saw in limited repetitions yesterday. Um, but Debo Samuel is now on a very short list. Debo Samuel had a 21 receiving yard afternoon and 11 rushing yards in the season finale, which gives him 4,122 receiving yards and 1,007 rushing yards in his career. This makes him just the second player in NFL history to record 4,000 or more receiving yards and 1,000 or more rushing yards in his first five seasons of his career. The only other guy to ever do that is Hall of Famer, Charlie Taylor, who played for Washington way back in the day. Yeah. So that is, you know, a very short list. When it's you and one other guy in the history of football, that's saying something. It means guys like this, cats like this, don't come around very often. You can see running backs who can catch the ball. It's very rare when you have a wide receiver who can run with a football like this guy does. It's what makes him special. Great player. Great player. And, you know, when you have a receiver who can run like uh, Debo, that means you can do something that uh, the Rams can't do with Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua 
or, you know, the, the Bengals can't do with Jamar Chase. You can manufacture touches. So um, you can hand the ball to Debo and get the ball in his hands anytime you want. Um, you know, and, and he's a major threat. I mean, he, he runs through you, but he can run by you. Um, he's a, he's a very, very good player and a unique player at that. So one last thing, and again, we've already talked about him thoroughly, but we will revisit this just, you know, just the facts. These are the facts. It doesn't matter how you feel about Jake Moody. These are the facts. He missed a 38 yard field goal for his first miss of any kind since all the way back in week seven. That's, that's a pretty good run. Moody then missed his first extra point after making an NFL record 60 straight to begin his career. And that is going back through an NFL that used to kick from the three yard line. So, so what you're saying is the 49ers should have won 24, 21 and instead lost 21 to 20 because, because their kicker left four points on the field. I am saying that Larry, that actually happened. Now, how much do you think, uh, how much do you think that, well, no, of course they wanted to win the game because they want to avoid going to Dallas. But I thought going for that two-point conversion was just Sean McVay saying, yeah, there's going to be no overtime today. The, wor the worst thing in the world would be going to overtime and then somebody getting hurt in overtime. I'm going to go for the two-point conversion. <laughs> we make it, great. We're going to Detroit. We don't make it, I don't fucking care. We're just not going to overtime. I asked Shanahan after the game, too. I'm like, did, I go, how did you feel when McVay went for two there? And then I asked him, Hey, did, did you guys have an agreement? Did you guys talk before the game that, hey, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, and it was probably more on on McVay, to be honest, because the Niners had nothing to play for, where the Rams had something to play for. So the Rams probably should have. It was on McVay to make that call because they were the team that had something on the line. Uh, and I'm just glad that McVay did it, you know, went for, went for two. Unfortunately, they got the two. Um, but there you go. Uh, it was, it was in the last, you know, they asked Shanahan after the game, were you worried about, uh, injuries is like every second of the game. I was worried about injuries. So you see when Mick, when, well, when Nakua, caught, conversion. when Nakua caught the pass to give him the rookie record, they cut to the sideline camera and McVay is just like, get him out, get him out, get him out, get him out. Get well, him did out, you see what out. happened? I mean, at the, the Niners, first of all, the Niner players, and I'm not speaking for all of them, but I was in the locker room and I had a chance to talk to a few of them, didn't like the fact that Puka Nakua got the Pro Bowl nod over Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk had four, had you know 1,300 and change yards on 97 targets. Puka Nakua had 1,400 and change yards on 150 targets. So Ayuk was the more efficient player this year. He's the veteran. Uh, he probably should have gotten the Pro Bowl nod over Puka Nakua, to be honest, and he didn't. And so the Niners were several Niner players, including Mooney Ward, were seemingly kind of pushed out of shape. And at the end of the first the half, Mooney Ward got toasted a couple times by the Rooks, so he shouldn't say too much. Yeah, well, I mean, Puka, nobody said Puka wasn't any good. They just felt like... They, 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 it added to their resolve to try to shut him down. And at the end of the first half, when it was clear, clear that the Rams wanted to throw Puka that one more pass, get the record, and then have him, you know, uh, take off the pads at halftime, the Niners doubled him on the last two plays of the first half. 
And we're like, no, 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 no. Now right. he did get it a few plays into that third quarter, but they made him, you know, put on the pads and come back out in the third quarter and, and, uh, and try it. So they were, they, and they, I'm, I'm guarantee you, they were hoping to, you know, he only needed 29 yards for the right. record. So the odds that they were going to keep him under 29 yards was not good, but they wanted to, and they, they were going to do everything in their power to, and you could see it. Uh, Lenore Mooney, these guys, they were, they were high-fiving on the way off the field at halftime because they had denied Puka a couple catches on the final couple plays of the second quarter. You know, they were also up 20-7 to seven at halftime and probably felt like this one's nearly in the barn today uh, and unfortunately shut out after halftime as the uh, – so it was so dominating. The 49ers dominated time of possession in that first half, dominated it, like – destroyed the Rams from a time of possession standpoint. And then when the game was over, the Rams had more time of possession than the Niners did, which meant they had the ball the entire second half. The 49ers ran 12 plays, I believe. Like 12 plays in the second half, right before that final drive when Darnold turned it over. So however many plays that lasted before yeah, he turned the Niners, it over. The Niners were three and out in the second half a lot. And the... Uh, and the Rams in the first half threw the pick on the very first play of their drive to Taylor Hawkins, and that's basically how we got to that point. What I did like, even though it wasn't the most efficient afternoon, is that the Niners did some Niner things, even though the bodies in the jerseys changed and the, the players changed, still some similar offensive themes to be found. Um, you got chunk plays. And that's the Niners are a big play football team, you know, the, the, not dinking and dunking. They make big plays. They get chunk plays. And there was a 20 yard pass to Werner on the opening drive by Sam Darnold that went off schedule and was a nice play. Uh, Jordan Mason with a 16 yard run up the middle in the early second quarter. Elijah Mitchell ran over Witherspoon coming around the left side. He picked up 14 yards. Chris Conley's first catch of the season that went for 48 yards. So they were still picking up some big chunk plays and looked like the Niners, even though the names and the name plates had changed, it still looked a little Niner-ish at times. And that's, that's good. I mean, that's, that's what you want when your backups come in. You have something that is similar to when your starters are out there. So I thought it was, there were some good moments in a day that actually, you know, didn't end up the way you wanted it to, but I really did think that it was one of the best, executed game plans of the entire season when you factor in the plan is an awful lot of our best players aren't playing today well um, and if, if you look at the stats coming into the game too 49ers points per game third in the league 49ers total offense which is yards second in the league 49ers rushing offense third in the league 49ers passing offense second in the league 49ers offensive possession average third in the league <laughs> i mean it's like every Every category, there's only one category the Niners are not top 10 in, and that's pass defense. Every other category, they're top 10 and, and, and in almost all cases, top five. Well, top and, three. And I think that you can even say that the pass defense is that's a number skewed to the fact that teams give up running on this team. You know, they're, they're playing from behind. They're playing they're from behind. Up, and they, they, they just abandoned the running game in the name of we got to, you know, we, we, we got points to make up. We got to score quickly. So I think that that number is a little skewed. The Niners are a better pass defensive team than maybe their NFL ranking would indicate. I, I, how about this? I was worried about this secondary coming into this year. I'm really not that worried about the secondary going forward, Larry. 
even with the, the you know the season-ending injury to Hufanga. I thought that that was going to tilt me to now I'm worried about it. Not really. Really. Well, not. I mean, you know, here's the thing. And there's no way around this at this point. Um, they have some older players that they want to lean on. They brought in Jason Verrett. He's hurt. He's done for the year. He's, okay, in, he's done. I mean, he's it, Jason Verrett. God bless him. His body cannot take football. Yeah, he's done. Um, great guy, but it's at the end. And then Logan Ryan made a couple pl nice plays yesterday. Um, but ultimately, here we are. It's January the 8th. And the 49ers are going to have to lean on five very young DBs. Demo Lenore, Ambry Thomas, Jair Brown, Samuel Womack, and Darrell Luter Jr. Those five um, young DBs all in year one, two, or three are going to have to step up and play some ball. And there's no way around that. So um, there's no... They're not, there's no cavalry to call. There's no reinforcements. Nobody's coming off the practice squad to help. There is no veteran at all that's going to be able to help them. They have drafted five DBs, and those five DBs are going to have to play. And Womack got burned a little bit yesterday, and, you know, Looters barely played, um, and Jair Brown's coming off an injury. And, you know, the, but those five, that's one of the keys for the 49ers is those five DBs have got to play ball under the pressure of January football. We're going to find out if they can do it. Uh, it's This is why we go through a regular season to get to this point. The fun, in, in a lot of ways, is over, and in many more ways, it hasn't even begun yet. I mean, here it comes. The most high-leveraged corner of the high-roller suite is where the 49ers are sitting in the corner table. So let's do it. Let's do it. And let's talk about this wild card weekend, Larry, and how it might all shake out again. Welcome to Wake Up. Damon and Larry with you. It's great to have you here. Go ahead, hit like, hit subscribe, support both of these channels. Uh, Super chats are certainly welcome. Memberships are available for both of our channels. And let me go ahead and show everyone what a professional I am, and I will mute my phone. I can't believe that that just rang. I'm so embarrassed. I'm so sorry. Well, I, well you're like you're like a teacher with office hours. I'm you so know sorry. what I mean? I'm so sorry. Um, by the way. Eric Hernandez says New York style sausage still a sponsor. Larry just bought some at Costco. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for supporting New York style Italian sausage. They are one of my sponsors as is pig and a pickle. The best barbecue in Northern California, Marin auto glass, underdog fantasy and mojo fantasy. They're all sponsors and we have a brand new sponsor. We'll be announcing uh, this week and, um, and we're hoping to have a brand new sponsor of this show, Wake Up with uh, Damon and Larry, uh, to be announced as well. And if you would like to be a sponsor, as Damon mentioned before, feel free to just uh, contact Damon or I. And, you know, there's not a lot of ambiguity to any of this or a lot of complexity to it. Um, if we're mutually beneficial and it fits, um, we'll go forward. If it's not, then you know what? Um, we part as friends. But if you're interested in having... Your company's, uh, um, you know, brand being grown through the growth and and viewership on this show. We'd gladly uh, discuss it with you. So Would give you us a call. Let us know. In front of millions of eyes. That's what we got going on here. What is going on? How come this is not officially? What do I got to do? Maybe it's the wife. Maybe maybe Jack's got to go and 
she's up he's upstairs and needs help by the way jack and ozzy crashed the end of my post game show yesterday so if you'd like to see the boys you can you can go ahead and watch the end of that show 